You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble. And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast from the Soonerscoop.com offices here on Campus Corner in Norman, Oklahoma. The entire crew is here. Bob is typing up a story, but uh, Eddie, George, uh, Josh, myself, we are all here uh, as we uh, were past 4th of July. Everybody got their fingers? I think so. Josh? Yeah, even my Jason children, Pierre which is the Paul most yourself? exciting news. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, uh, I think I had an old guy 4th of July, just sat there and ate bad food and drank too much and watched and did binging on tv i watched some rock do you guys do you have a big like neighborhood component like i I know eddie and george probably don't but like carrie like do you have a lot of people in your neighborhood like shooting off their own fireworks and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that it doesn't really bother me though i mean like it's it's Mm -hmm. just like i'm not mad it's not frequent enough to where it's just like there's no one that went out and spent like a grand on fireworks i think it was just i think most of my neighbors have older kids or if they have smaller kids they take them somewhere else Reeves Park or whatever. I didn't even know when Reeves Park did their fireworks show this year. Downtown was popping. Was all it? All weekend, yeah. They did the, uh, I think, the big celebration over at Scissor Tail on Monday. And then uh, I think the ballpark had something last night with the Dodgers game. So they it did. Was, uh, it was loud over there. It was loud. It sounded like uh, Southside Chicago for most part. But it was uh, it was good. It was a really good uh, Fourth of July. And extended BLC. into the... BLC the, is extended to yeah, the it, it made you feel like it was actually a big city. But it was uh, it was really good. It was really good. It was a good weekend, and uh, I don't know, kind of ready to get back to it. I think this is kind of the start of uh, the beginning of the end as far as uh, our lives go with uh, Big 12 Media Day and then SEC Media Day and all that kind of stuff here coming up over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, i got to be honest. I, I came up to the office yesterday. I was like, I it's just, you know, when it's vacations, I told everybody, hey, just take it easy, and I didn't expect anyone to, you know, be cranking things out left and right. I mean, it's the one time of the year when we kind of take a little bit of a, a breath. Sure. So I think I try to take it easy, but yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get the office rebuilt and get cranking. It is wild that, uh, you know, you come back from the 4th of July or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's big 12 media days next week. And then you roll into sec media day. And then, you know, I was telling George the other night, it's like, we're going to come back from uh, Nashville and it's basically going to be a week out. And you're going to have local media day, then meet the Sooners day and all that kind of stuff. And before you know it, it's going to be Og 1 and you're going to be less than a month away from the start of the season. We have 59 days till they play. Yeah. That's crazy to think. It's wild. It's less than two months. What player is that again? Xavion Bird. Xavion Bird. Crimson Countdown was put up this uh, this morning. So, yeah. And I think from uh, basically here on out, it's 
damn near every day. Yeah. Well, once you get into fifty nine and you know moving forward, I think what you know it's so weird too. Like when you do radio, statewide radio and stuff, you're still talking about Oklahoma State and the Big Twelve and the future there. But for us, we know like this thing that we're going to go to next week in Arlington is going to be a little awkward for Oklahoma and Texas because it's going to be a celebration of BYU and Houston and UCF and uh, Cincinnati. Sure. And it's going to be kind of, I think it's going to be like, just ignore the fact that OU and Texas are leaving. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to hear from some of those schools because they're going to get those questions from probably Oklahoma and Texas media about those two school those two schools leaving. Then also you got the four new schools and hoping what are for that take? magical soundbite. Yeah, and and they'll probably get it from someone. I don't know who. Uh, maybe Mike Gundy. Mike Gundy used he seems to always come out with some sort of crazy soundbite out of Big Twelve media days, but. Um, and even, I mean, hearing from the commissioner, your sure. Mac, I mean, it's going to be interesting to hear what he has to say because he's going to get questions about it. I think Mike Gundy probably best to lay low maybe this year. Oh, which means that there will be something out there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's, yeah. he's going to do the exact opposite of lay low. I mean, he's not – that roster of his is rebuilt a lot. Sure. And, I mean, he's going to get so many questions about his quarterback situation, probably even Spencer Sanders. I mean, yeah. it's because it's like, you know, everybody – freaked out about you know somebody asking him that question about would he have any coaches changes uh coaching changes at the bowl game it's like he really hasn't talked that much since the bowl game i mean they had which is why you had to ask it yes that's why that's why everybody like us like that's a valid question you have to ask it but he hasn't faced you know the questions really from non-local media of what happened with spencer sanders like did he really want to come back and all I, i mean somebody has the guts to ask i mean it'll be interesting George? Yeah, I'll ask it. I don't care. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> I don't care. I, mean, uh, I, I only have to see Mike Gundy one more time, you know. Uh, but you say, hey, I was in Denver the whole time. Uh, yeah. Catch uh, me up on everything that I've missed. <laughs> the, other one that I, the other one that you could see just throwing a crazy quote out there is, is like uh, Dana Holgerson. Having him back at Big 12 sure. Media Days will be yeah. fun. Gus Malzahn, I, what is he like? Um, who did... Cincinnati hire the guy from Louisville. What's his name? Uh, Scott, Scott Satterfield. 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 The yeah. one they probably want to get rid of in Louisville. Yeah. So BYU's coach, he seems like he's not going to say anything crazy. Um, but Holgerson could definitely go out there and say something wild. It would not yeah, shock I wouldn't me. be surprised if somebody like a Joe McGuire. I'm not yeah. necessarily saying he's going to run his mouth, but I think that they have a lot of reason to think that they're one of the programs that's going to be up and coming in this new Big 12. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it, you know, what your mark is obviously doing in the conference, he's trying to kind of globalize the Big 12 a little sure. bit. Uh, he, there were, he was quote, I saw where he was quoted today saying that they don't really have any intentions of expanding when OU in Texas leaves, but he didn't rule that out. And uh, I, I wonder if somebody will ask him about the Pac-12, just about them financially and the media package and well, what that- does that do for teams that might want to, you know, move on. I would imagine pastures. one of the big talking points coming out of the week is going to be the Big 12 is going to be fine without OU and Texas and look at what they were able to do a year ago with Kansas State winning the league, TCU getting to a, uh, a, national, a championship. national championship game, which is still just wild to think about and uh, kind of their national standing as far as what it's going to be without you know the two uh, kind of figureheads of the conference or that the figureheads that have been the, the two leading blue blood programs in the country over the last, you know, However many years, you know, you can argue what Texas has been to the conference, but obviously what Oklahoma's been. 
Well, you, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I was talking to uh, Andy Staples earlier this week. And uh, by the way, on three, uh, what a massive hire. Pretty cool. Bringing in uh, Andy Staples. One of, if not the best national uh, voice of college football right now. And, uh, yeah, I think he, he feels like Sarkeesian. I, there's, a, there's a chance if things don't go well, like he may not even coach in the SEC. Well, that's interesting. As, in terms of if they Texas can't get over that hump that they've been trying to get over for the last decade. Just with everything that's year. going on. yeah. And I mean, well, on if, paper, if, they're going to be the team. If yours doesn't work out and they have quarterback issues and it looks like they're not heading in a positive direction going into the SEC, you could see those donors kind of losing their minds a little bit and saying we need to do something drastic before sure. we get there. Well, I think you because look the at... Because the talent, I mean, he's bringing in talent. Yeah, but that's kind of been the number for hasn't that been the bit for texas for however you know x amount of years that they've had plenty of talent it's just the number of uh the wins that haven't come and you know OU and texas are very much in kind of the same position as far as needing to build momentum going oh, into sure. 2024 yeah. this year and oh Brick has a terrible year he's not safe i mean sure now, I, now, I, think I mean, that, I think he's that he's, leash is probably a little bit longer in Norman than it is in no, Austin. He, I mean, with the administration, it certainly is. But with the what I'm talking about is the fan base is going to they're going to be they're going to give up on him if he doesn't win nine games this year. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Texas would have to go like eight and four, which is very possible that mm-hmm. they could go eight and four, especially when you have, you know, Alabama, Alabama on the schedule, yeah. um, you know, Oklahoma, as long as they have a quarterback, that should be a closer game. So. I don't know, and, and they were close last year. You look at their schedule last year, people forget. They almost lost to, like, Iowa State, I think. Um, was that at home? Yeah, at uh, Iowa Might State at West home. West Virginia was a close. Or maybe they blew them out. I can't remember what happened. Um, I'm, hold, hold on. I'm, no, they beat them 38-20. But Iowa State, I remember, 24-21 at home. They barely won that game. But at Kansas State, they won. Um, Oklahoma State game was really a – they lost. Yeah, yeah, they lost that one. Right? Quinn yeah. Ewers is really yeah, that, that, awful. He was yes, terrible. He was terrible. Well, and that Iowa State yeah. game, th- that's the one where Xavier Hutchinson yes. had to drop. Like yep. that, that should. I mean, there's just that's not even like, oh, they could have lost. They should have lost that game. And then they lost to Washington in the the bowl game at the end of the year. So I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, like you said, Eddie, that on paper they should win the conference. I mean, yeah. I think I saw Brett McMurphy put it out. They're projected to be favored in every single game except for the Alabama game. I think sure this year. So. Um, you know, they should win 10, 11 games. But if they don't, you know, Texas, they could pull the plug on, on Sark. Well, the thing about Texas is they're, they've got a good offensive line, finally. Like, that that young line just got better and better last year. Like, yours is going to get protected. They're going to – they don't need B. John Robinson to have a good running game. I mean, he's a special back, but, I mean, he, he didn't help them win some of those games they should have won. And they didn't go to him as much, I know the Texas fans would say. As they should have. They've got to go to TCU, and that's been a real problem for Texas through the years. TCU just seems like that's kind of – they're almost like – well, I mean, I would say Kansas State to Oklahoma, but Kansas State's been a problem for Texas even longer than Oklahoma. So, um, I mean, there's – kind of like OU, there's no way it should be below 9-3. and three. Texas, there's no way they should be anything less than 10-2. and two. Like, I just – I don't see any argument for that. Uh, by the way, this uh, segment brought to you by Enjoy Vision, uh, the Enjoy Vision uh, Fresh Perspective look around uh, as we're looking at all things Big 12. Uh, and here's what here's one thing that I think could happen 
before Big 12 Media Days gets here. Pac-12 still doesn't have a media right deal, uh, media rights deal, not a meteorite. Um, maybe somebody like a Colorado gets jumpy. Maybe maybe feelers are sent out. You know, maybe that gets out there a little bit, or you know, maybe it's a. I, I think we all know Arizona, Arizona State seem like two teams that are very poachable right now. Like, what happens if some? I mean, you think about when oh, you Texas happened. It happened right in the middle of SEC media days. Possibly an, another leak could be coming. Have you followed the San Diego State stuff at all? I, I mean, not just that they were like tried to jump out of the Mountain West. Oh, and, and then they, they said that'd be thirteen million dollars or yeah, whatever, something crazy. So I mean, I, I don't know. There could be some some movement. I, I don't expect it, but the San Diego State stuff was kind of interesting because I think it's the, I think the Pac-12 is looking to add. But the thing is, like. People forget OU and Texas leaving came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Like we absolutely like nothing would be surprising that a Pac-12 team did trying to jump. Well, and the right craziest now. part is we had just wrapped up Big 12 Media Days where everything was so honky and dory, and everybody was you know <laughs> it's like everything's coming together, and you know the league is going to be stronger than ever. And then uh, all of a sudden, you look up the week after you know we had basically broke from Arlington, and the news is out there that OU and Texas are getting ready to leave. I mean, it was just, it was absolutely insane how all that went. How was there never a show like on Nickelodeon called Honky and Dory? Uh, I, well, there was uh, the Honky Tonk, uh, what was the, the camp called? Camp on Awana or whatever. What, didn't they have some type of honky BS with it? Only thing I really remember, my nieces were growing up at that time, so we were watching a lot of Hannah Montana uh, no, that Disney was even before. But Disney. But like yeah. the only thing I knew about Nickelodeon, that's where Ariana Grande came from, right? Yeah, she was on... Um, was that iCarly? No, Victorious. And I had the biggest crush on her. Still do. Her and Victoria Justice. That was, that was my was age the, growing what up. What was the something in Cat? Yeah, Victorious. Her okay. name was Cat okay. on Victorious. A little out of my element, but... Wow, that's Carrie. I'm kind of impressed there. That that's nicely done, man. You know how the little you know little girls are. They just watch that Disney uh, and Nickelodeon. It's always girls. on. I was a boy. Well, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about my nieces. Mm. I was babysitting a lot. Oh, okay. Eddie broke out camp, and I was thinking of a show called Bunked that was like that. Laney has been rocking for a long time now, and I can literally sing that theme song to the whole thing. And I'm not gonna put our listeners through that kind of pain but that was uh that literally that whole thing ran through my head as you guys were having that conversation i remembered a lot of the sweet life of zach and cody too great show ashley tisdell was great on there was that where she got her start yeah there and i mean high school musical oh yeah that's all my prime childhood all that stuff sweet Holy life of zach crap. and cody i watch that every day with my this brother. is why you're here <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding like we need the infusion of youth uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think going up there next week, like George and I were just talking, like, is there any reason to go on Wednesday not just Thursday? The SEC, we do have our credentials for that. We are going to go to Nashville. Uh, that will be really interesting. Yep. Um, you know, will Josh Heupel speak to me? I don't know. He doesn't know me. So if he doesn't, I'll just follow <laughs> up with the exact same question. Yeah. Just come in. <laughs> Dressed as Batman. Just, yeah, just just turn your credential around so it doesn't yeah. say Suter Scoop, and then uh, I'll, I'll just pretend like I was never there. Or you can, the, I'll I'll give you. What, what I saw this meme the other day about uh, the weekend pronouncing Carte Blanche. 
Uh, I'll give you carte blanche to uh, say, man, that Murdoch guy's a jerk, isn't he? Yeah, like I'll uh, just throw away. you under the bus. Exactly. For uh, Anything for the story, George. No, but, uh, you know, Shane Beamer will be there. Uh, Mark Stoops will be there. Saban. Those, Saban will be there. Pittman. Uh, Why did I, I guess they I guess because the Alabama Texas game was already going to be over since they joined they didn't disavow that game of happening like they did with the Georgia because oh you would have played Georgia this year yep and it might have been because there was there already was a return game yeah the return game I'm, I'm really not sure yet. I'm sure OU was not was like yeah that's okay we'll cancel that game this oh year with you guys want to cancel this okay yeah we can find a different date that's fine SMU works. It should be pretty good with Preston Stone. I saw there was a lot of uh, buzz about him uh, earlier, I guess over the weekend. I saw something on the internet about it. Did uh, did Vandegrift transfer? Brock? Yeah. No, he's still out he's there still at Georgia, there? yeah. I think he's fighting for the uh, starting job out okay. there. And sounds like he has no shot at it. That That's sounds what like I was wondering. Next job yeah. all day. It's wild. It sounded like he didn't really, he wasn't in the mix, but he was. it was one of those things like, you got to say you're yeah. still a competition. Yeah. So he doesn't pour. It's insane. By the way, uh, we'll get to the portal news. There was a, a jump in and a jump out when I already, my old man yelling at the clouds rant last week about how can there be a portal when there's no portal uh, with Aaron Parks. But uh, first off, if we drive to Dallas and I have to drive with someone, I want it to be Eddie because I know he's going to be able to see exactly what's in front of him. I'll see there. everything. I'll even see DWs on the side of the road that I guess has been <laughs> renamed as we make our way down to Arlington next week. But it's all because of Enjoy Vision, which is the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, not even close. The combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care was life-changing for somebody like myself. Went through it, in and out. It was actually kind of incredible to go in uh, one day, three, four hours later, uh, you come out, you wake up. The patient care was unbelievable. They did an exceptional job, and uh, you know something that I think is a lot of scare that is pretty scary for a lot of people. It was uh, rather easy for me. So what they're doing for the unofficial forty listeners, giving up four hundred dollars off of LASIK. All you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com, use the promo code U forty, and uh, you can stay and start seeing as good as me, or about half as good as me. I don't know if anybody will ever have better vision than me. Just go to the letter N J O Y with me.com promo code U 40 enjoy vision. This is where you LASIK. The other thing about LASIK, like I got it, I think when I was about 35, maybe. Um, and like, you want to get it when you're younger. Like I can't tell you how awesome it was to be able to like sit up in the press box and be able to distinguish numbers all of a sudden after squinting for so long or looking through binoculars. Like, don't wait. Go out and get it. Get it while you're young. Yeah. When you can really enjoy life. It's awesome. Uh, okay. So, um, lots of stuff to come from uh, Big 12 Media Days coming up next week. We don't know if anyone... That's the bad part is, like, if if you had an incompetent commissioner, it can always be fun because people will, you know, ask the accusatory questions. I don't know. You can really ask an accusatory question of, of Brett Yormark. I mean, I think that everybody's pretty pleased with everything. Yeah. OU Texas is pleased because they're leaving and they're headed to the SEC. Yeah. Big 12's current and compared to the shit show new, of the Pac-12, you know that the Big 12 has done a good job. I mean, job. they've they've done a more than a good job of just stabilizing. They, they didn't turn themselves into the SEC or the Big Ten, but they they raised themselves above everybody else. Sure. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I, I don't know how the schools that are still in place and the schools that are coming in 
couldn't be happy about the product that uh, Brett Yormark's been able to hold together and make him make better. I mean, it's it's an improved league, and there's you know a certain part of me that is definitely not jealous because I think I'm I'm way more excited about OU and the SEC, but you know I think that there is like a portion of me that's a little sad to see everything go and uh, not be a part of a conference that I've basically grown up in. I mean, it Big Eight, Big Twelve, I've there's nobody more ride or die than me for that conference. Uh, you know, certainly over the last couple of years. And even when OU was in the college football playoff and stuff, uh, you know, the, the arrogance that comes with the sec that we'll soon inherit in a way it's like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of sad to be, I guess, turning the back on uh, a conference that's been so good to Oklahoma over the last couple of years. Here's a question uh, for everybody. Uh, and that is, what part of the OU program is most SEC ready right now? We we haven't talked about the uh, Thad Turnip Seed situation, which we need to. Um, but is it the administration, the coaching staff, the fans? I mean, is it or is it the Crimson Corner message board? I would the message board. Can it can it be like all encompassing <laughs> and just saying like? And it, this has been something that I've said before on multiple outlets, uh, you know, a podcast and things like that, just in terms of getting ready for the SEC. I think that there's a certain level of passion for the sport of college football and college athletics from OU and Texas side, particularly that match up with the fervor that is out there for, you know, whatever sport you want to talk about, whether it's OU softball or OU football or, you know, whatever, there is a certain level of passion that I think that you have to have within the fan base uh, now, can that some of that be misguided sometimes? Sure. But I think that there is a certain level of intrigue and I guess just day in and day out how it survives or revolves around people's lives that matches up yeah. with the likes of Alabama, you know, wherever, deep south college football. I do think, Josh, we're probably going to have to deal with you know some of the fallout from fan the fan and fans and the fan base becoming SEC ready. For instance, you know we we know if times get tough around here, sometimes people start blaming us for things that go wrong. Like, well, if you had been asked a harder question in the post game press conference, maybe uh, this team wouldn't have overlooked that team or what. Like, if you told this staff that they weren't playing well when you know before this game started, maybe they would have prepared better. Like, we get it. Like. It's just part of the job, but I would imagine there's going to be even more delusional hate towards the media if if this fan base really is SEC. And I'm saying we should be here for it and ready for it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm currently working on a boot camp for two weeks that we're going to do in late July every year, getting ourselves ready for this. A uh, lot of you know throwing shoes at reporters that ask bad questions. Like we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna be really make sure we're ready to go for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, I mean, I think there are elements of the board that are ready. There is a guy that um, has threatened to um, drag his, uh, let's say his equipment across some hot coals. If Oklahoma can land some big commitments this summer and has doubled down that he will back this up. So I, I that guy's SEC ready. I believe it's Thompson Sooner on the board, so I want to give him a little shout-out. But, uh, yeah, no we, we have that. to rise to that occasion as well. There's no question. Yeah, nobody's going to be able to post that anywhere for proof. Yeah, I don't know how we <laughs> verify it and yeah. not just horrify everyone. But um, I mean, I already watched the hot fans. dog eating contest uh, this weekend. I don't put it on OnlyFans. 
I, I respect any guy that, like I said, even because, I mean, we're all guys. Like, we get it. Like, just the thought of that is horrifying. And to say it once is like, oh, whatever. But to, I, I called him out. I was like, you won't do it, basically. And he was like, no, no, I'm ready. And I'm like, I, I respect that because it's mental anguish even saying those words. You're putting yourself through it. By the way, uh, I, you know, this is one thing that I'm glad that, that OU is leaving early because I really feel like if OU would have had to play a game in Mexico, we would have found out a lot of things about Eddie that we didn't need. Like, I think you guys already know everything. Like, that you're actually the head of a cartel. I wish. That would be amazing. I wouldn't be getting up at 5 a.m. every day. I can tell it you that. It would explain the El Paso queasiness. Like, Eddie is always afraid that he's <laughs> the wrong side of I just El didn't Paso. want to run no, into uh, like, some of my brethren. <laughs> he did not like the being so it's close like to I the border. not like I didn't like it. I just, I was kind of amazed by it. I had never rode the border uh, and saw everything that's on the other side. I felt you let your coyotes do that work? Yeah, yeah. I got you. Well, and it was weird because you'd be driving along and all of a sudden two four-wheelers would pull up like yeah, out of the awesome. grass and stuff. It was awesome. Until they were like scouring. It was the ice for... agents. I mean, it, it was. was. Yeah, no, it, it was. was. That was the most was freaked wild. out I've ever seen. I, mean, I wasn't he, freaked out either. You were freaked out. I wasn't freaked out. You were out. very happy to get to El Paso and uh, get to Fuddruckers. I think it had more to do with just being on the road with you for 20 days or whatever it was. I was just ready. What are you talking about? You slept the whole time. I mean. <laughs> no, he, that's he what I'm saying. Up, he made up for it on the Knoxville trip, but, you know, there were several, I would say five or six times, maybe not that many. I definitely drove all through the night from from Phoenix to San Antonio. Yeah, that was a uh, that was a that was a long trip. I will say there was some gas station in the middle of nowhere that had the best subway that I'd ever had in my entire life on that trip. Because literally, you're you're when you take that trip, you're out in the middle of nowhere. It's you're complete darkness. Like if you see a gas station, you're like, "Thank God, that's where the uh, that's where the uh, the love of uh, Fuddruckers came about." Yeah, when we stopped El in El Paso, which I think is now a defunct uh, company. Oh, Fuddruckers is. Yeah, I think they went I out didn't of business. Know that. That's too bad. It was a hell of a trip. Pour one out. Um. So anyway, um. No, I mean, I think that is pretty cool playing in Mexico. I don't know if I'd want to go there though. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty good on the, uh, the out-of-country. George? You went no, to London last year. I though. went to London, but I heard from people that went on the that have gone to the um, NFL Mexico trip uh-huh. that it's quite terrible. Really? That, like, it's like you do not leave your hotel, and you are, like, security everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's not. I've had some buddies that uh, go down to Mexico City a quite trip. a bit that have a good time. Now, they, they got the means to go down there and have security that right. detail them and all that kind of stuff, but... They usually have a pretty good time. I think they went down there for a bachelor party and had quite a time. I'd love to know what the crowd would be like at that. Because it's one thing when... Well, they the, had that one NBA game that one time where they couldn't play it because the arena caught on fire. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I think the Spurs and somebody... They're going to play a basketball game down there, too. I think Kansas is playing somebody, if I remember correctly, hmm. next year. Yeah. I think it's a good game, too. I want to say it's like Kansas and uh, Houston, maybe. Hmm. I know I know the Tiffany NFL... Tiffany and I have... Go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was going to say, we've done the Mexico trip several times for like anniversaries and that kind of stuff. And while you're in country, like, I mean, and we're like Cabo, like we're, we're way, you know, like I get it. But at the same time, it's jarring every time to and from the airport to see 
the police with like a gun turret, like at the like they're in a car with a giant machine gun mounted, just like you see in like you know uh, Sicario. Like you're like, holy crap! Like I was just out drinking you know pina coladas on the beach, and now 20 minutes later, I'm staring down like a 50 cal. Like it's crazy and jarring every time. I can't even imagine what it looks like in Mexico City, where it's just so much more. There's so much more of a crime element and so more prevalent in those ways. In some people's world, that the, that's what they want elementary schools to look like out in front. <laughs> security. It's called security, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, so when you went to London, was that like just a bunch of hooligans that were like, just, I mean, like the soccer crowds, like the very aggressive fans? Um, sort of. Or was it it mostly tourists? It was, uh, no, I mean, it was definitely not tourists. I mean, it was definitely local people were at the game, but like, they're just NFL fans. So Mm -hmm. like you see, you see all 32 jerseys at the game. Oh, okay. Um, and they just are there for drinking and having a good time. I mean, nobody there actually. Gets, a lot like, of people learning the sport, right? right. Yeah, it's well, kind of how like the, the uh, London crowd was. But for I mean, baseball what is it? It's year. over a decade now where they've been having games there, right? Yeah, and you would think that since the Jaguars play there all the time, there'd be a huge fan base there. And there's definitely or that probably, they hate football. Yeah, they. But the, <laughs> the people really don't care about the Jaguars. But like, what I was going to say about Mexico is the NFL tailors it to teams that have a big following in Mexico, mm-hmm. which is why like the Raiders have played there. The Broncos apparently have a huge following in Mexico. The Cardinals played there this last year. So they, they tailor it to teams that are closer to Mexico. And so then they sell I think out the, the Cowboys stadium. would have the biggest following. I think the I think the Cowboys have maybe played there. I don't know. I, I I'm not sure, but um, that's kind of why the NFL has certain teams play there is because they have a bigger following. That's why I'm like, and they do what? have. I didn't know this until all that was announced, but they do have college football in Mexico. There are universities that play college football. I didn't yeah. know that. That's why. That's why it'd be interesting to me. They like, actually have a national championship. If you send like Houston and Oklahoma State to Mexico, do they sell that out? I have no idea. I think that they would. I mean, I I don't know what a, I don't know what a uh, capacity crowd would Correct. be for something right. like that. Yeah. I yeah. think that they would have some, uh, you know, like some old school. Uh, what was it called? Uh, what was the uh, Baylor Stadium, uh, Casey Tarps. Floyd or whatever. Yeah, tarp situation that mm-hmm. would cover some of the uh, upper decks and stuff like that. But I bet it would be pretty well attended. By the way, I had no idea that Baylor was building a new basketball arena. Yeah. Right on the water. It's supposed to be really nice. So it's right there by Lane Stadium. Yeah, uh, yeah it, it would be McLean, just south of McLean. Yeah. yeah, it'd be just south of there. And it's going to be a lot like the Moody Center in terms of a smaller venue. Yeah, it didn't look like wanna, it was huge. Yeah, it's like eight or 9,000 that they're going to want to sell out every game and have a really good atmosphere, which I'm sure that they it, they will. Sounds like something that we could use maybe Sounds down the like street something here. something Porter Moser would love Interesting. to talk <laughs> yeah. about. I'm sure. So anyway, we talked about the portal, non-portal, uh, and Aaron Parks entered the portal, even though there wasn't a portal to enter. And it turns out there wasn't because he's back. Uh, what the hell happened with Aaron Parks? 
I, I got to assume, Josh, it was just a simple case of a kid not realizing he's not eligible in 2023 if he transfers at this moment. And so he's going to stick around and see what this year brings. And you, it sounds like OU's bringing him back. Like there's not any hard, hard feelings there. But it sounds like you have these set guidelines. This is your window. You didn't meet it. There's no hardship. There's no like you're not going to get some – Hardship waiver. There's nothing really going on here that's made it difficult, except for maybe some days with Sh- Schmitty. And it just sounded like, all right, you know, I, I'm going to have to grit this out for at least one more season. Yeah, I, I think it absolutely was a situation where the uh, with Aaron just didn't know what it looked like. And, you know, for those at home that feel the same, basically at this point in time, Aaron Parks could only transfer if he was a graduate. That was the only way that was going to work. And I know at least one staff hit me up and was like, hey, is is this guy a grad? And I was like, nope, he's not. So it it was kind of baffling. And I talked to a couple of sources through the, you know, right after he announced he was leaving. And it was very much, oh, no, I think he knows where he wants to go. So I think he kind of had a plan in place, but he just kind of missed the first step of it can't happen right now. So. Yeah, it makes you wonder if like this is just basically a rental. Like we're gonna yeah. see the same thing happen come December, and you know, hey, and I, I like Bob said, I don't think there's any hard feelings. I think everybody gets it. Um, I think I part of me thinks this tells you a lot about where Oklahoma and people in that program see Jacob Sexton. They, they, that he is, he's gonna be that guy at left tackle going forward. Is there a situation that he could come back and just they would say, okay, we'll, we'll try to redshirt you. We'll try to do as much as possible to redshirt you. He's he's already, he already redshirted. Already redshirted. Already yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, I, yeah. I didn't so, know without looking that up. Yeah, no. Um, Stupid but, question. <laughs> what would be interesting is that they just don't play him ever at all. Like, here's your punishment. You're just gonna sit. Sit there and do do nothing. The I mean, if, if the Chiefs of Bold does tell you anything, it's that he can come in and at you, least exactly. play a little bit in case of a you know a major bind. So if it's I, a self belief thing, that's where I'm a little confused because you know with Sexton out, he played the most he's ever played, and so you know you got to figure he thinks he can play at a high at 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 a high level, and that also makes me wonder how OU could be so confident about Sexton when they don't know what he's going to look like when he gets back to being 100%. But, you know, and George, uh, George, Eddie, like, didn't, I want to say we saw him. Like, did we see, we saw Jake moving around a little bit. Did like, yeah, I, I, I didn't see any big brace. Like he looked like he was making pretty good progress from, you know, what what you can tell from just watching a guy move around a little bit. Oh, I mean, from what I I told you guys, I think I mentioned it at camp when we saw him uh, out there working out or you know walking to work out with the offensive lineman guys. It's like for a guy that had a ACL injury to end his season, it seems like he's bouncing back faster than like you talking about late we've December. seen anybody. Like I, mm-hmm. you would imagine that he would still like even. Uh, gosh, this would have been like during the spring. Like he was, he was moving around quite well for somebody that was just coming off of a. Well, that's what we had to clarify. Right. We're right. like, we think it's an ACL, but man, that dude looks like he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because usually, I mean, yeah. you're eight or nine months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe it wasn't I mean, to a good. severity that, right. you know, that that does force you to be out for X many months. I I really don't know. Yeah, it it it, does, it, it makes you wonder if maybe it was 
like the MCL, like it wasn't the full take. Like, I don't know. Like just, and again, we're wildly speculating here based on very trivial information, but there it, it does. I mean, he, it looks positive and it looks like there is hope that he can, he can have a role, you know, maybe by midpoint this year or something. Well, I mean, obviously he's worked really hard uh, and he's been able to get, you know, rehabbed and, and uh, stronger. And you know, uh, one way to increase uh, some time in your day is to go to primeshrimp.com so you can uh, be better in all things that you do. Uh, you can get a restaurant-quality meal in less than 10 minutes. Just uh, get that water boiling, drop that bag right in there, uh, and all kinds of flavors to choose from. you got the signature Cajun seasoned shrimp. you got the French Quarter Alfredo, the lemon and cracked pepper, the garlic herb and butter, and the, also the uh, New Orleans-style barbecue shrimp, plus many, many more. And here's the thing. If you use the promo code U40 uh, when you check out, you can get 25% off an order of $50 or more. That's primeshrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, shrimp.com. One of the great uh, sponsors of our pod. Go check them out uh, straight from Louisiana. None of the shrimp hassle. Pouches go from your freezer to pot to plate uh, and a restaurant-quality meal in 10 minutes. So primeshrimp.com, go check them out. Support the pod. Support the great people who sponsor us like Prime Shrimp. Promo code U40, 25% off your order of $50 or more. Okay, um, you know, obviously, the any more uh, portal talk you want to hit on? I mean, I can't think of anything out there brewing um, unless you want to hit softball portal. We could. I mean, Which is grad transfer portal. Not, not for no. the Wisconsin. She was a true freshman. Okay, so their portal so, is open right now for softball. Yeah, because because you know, thirty days after it's, like, I think it's officially over. Yeah, it is. But they can know, still her name homes. was in. Well, her there. name was in okay. June June nineteenth. I got you. So that she, makes a lot of sense. And Patty kind of you know needed a break after what that season was was like, and they weren't very aggressive in the first couple first uh, couple weeks following the end of the women's college world series. But now they are. Now they've been hosting top tier elite transfer targets during the last week they had uh taryn kern from the hoosiers was in this last one of the best freshmen in the entire country not sure if she'll play infield or if she'd be a utility type of player or designated player type type deal there but so maybe that was the second go boomer i'm not saying it is i'm just kind of connecting the dots here now that Peyton Monticelli from Wisconsin is officially in. You knew they needed a pitcher. And they got a, you know, someone who's got a lot of years, you know, just had a true freshman season. So maybe that pushed it over, you know, over the edge against some of the other prospects that are out there. There would be like a one year rental. Here's Peyton, went seven and four, 2.7 ERA and 80 innings. Maybe that's something they feel they can really uh, build off of. But I know. The last half of June, some fans were getting antsy or wondering like, when are they going to start making their moves? Well, here it comes. You know, they took took a little break, but now it's time to replenish and, and, and get ready for what this next season is going to look like. Member of the Great Britain, yep. like, senior team, too, and, which, you know, I, I don't know how much that, that counts that, for. but That's why <laughs> there's no way she's committing on the 4th of July. <laughs> When you're a member of the Great Britain national team, but I, I would be ready from Wednesday on. And sure enough, Wednesday morning happened. She made her announcement. 
But yeah, you definitely got to think that OU isn't done. And I think the curious thing would be to wonder, are they still going to look for another pitcher or will they feel confident with what they've got here, which would lead to uh, to obviously a much bigger role for Kirsten Deal and whether or not they believe she could handle that as a sophomore. Yeah, and I got to think that she, you know, she and Nicole may kind of start the season 1A, 1B, see who becomes a more dominant pitcher. It'd be hard to, to beat out May after what she's done. So, but, but May's we'll, been excellent. I still I think mean, Deal Kirsten kind of, Deal was great when I think she had Deal opportunity. has, you know, maybe she has. A, the only thing I don't like about Nicole May is, like, she doesn't really have that out pitch. I mean, she throws the drop ball, but, like, she doesn't really have that rise ball that, you know, just that Jordy Ball had for certain, but. You know, even even other pitchers you see, I think Deal might have because we haven't seen enough of her yet. Mm-hmm. Might have some of that potential. All right, um, let's move into uh, talking about what we uh, kind of hit it on earlier. Uh, Thad Turnip Seed uh, leaving the University of Oklahoma. I know Josh had first got tipped by someone like, "Hey, have you heard anything about this?" Uh, George was in Jamaica, so I went put my reporter cap back on uh, and reached out to someone I thought would know, and they said, "Yes, he has resigned." And then I continued to go up the chain to try and find out if I could get you know confirmation on it. And throughout the whole thing, and even after it was over, the thing that's been interesting is so many people reaching out to me or calling and kind of adding some context to all the things that had happened. But essentially, you know, I, I, I workplace kind of drama happens all the time. And I don't know if I'm willing to blame it just on, oh, well, Thad was not the nicest person to some people like, you know, that's probably true. I think it's always like important to, to like, just point out that, and this was something that came up from like day one when everybody came into the uh, new offices or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is an, this is a football office from secretary on down that had been doing the same way, everything the same right. way mm-hmm. for the last, Literally 22 years or 23 sure. years since yeah. 1999. Coming in and say, nope. And nope. There We're was so this. much turnover. And, you know, how much of that affects what the all happened on field? Probably very little at the end of the day. But, I mean, there was drastic turnaround and change from what they had been doing, the day in and day out stuff throughout the offices, basically the day that Brent took over. Well, and here's the thing. I, you know, I think what Thad Turnipseed did at Alabama, the type of program they were then, is very different probably from the program they are now. Uh, same thing with Clemson. You know, they built it up. He was, you know, 2014 when they beat Oklahoma in the Walmart Sweatpants Bowl. Like, that was the start of Clemson, you know, ascending. And, you know, they became a power. And I'm sure they run things differently now than versus when Thad first got there. The difference isn't in coming to Oklahoma, you've had a competent AD for a very long time. Uh, you've had people like Larry Nafee that have you know been involved in stadium projects for 20 plus years. Oh, you know, longer than that uh, for, for Larry. But like what Thad did, I think he brought, you know, some new ideas and I mean, like the new, you know, the athletics operations facility, you know, the putting the dining hall in there with them and the experiences they had at Clemson doing that. I think he ha- he brought some really good ideas, but I think when you have a guy that you're paying $350,000 a year, that's not a fundraiser, not allowed to be a fundraiser, 
those are those are things that he was expecting to do. And and I just don't think with the setup OU has uh, is is I mean we're in Oklahoma to raise the money that you need to build the stuff that they need to to build. It's not you can't compare it to like Texas or Texas A and M. Like they've got this thing down to a science how they and and you know George and I were talking about this the other day. It shows you how big a deal it is when the regents come through and they okay a $175 million football operations facility because that means OU will now put the fundraising wheel into motion and that thing is a well-oiled machine. Like, it doesn't need Thad Turnipseed. Like, it's, it, you know, Love's Field, the baseball project, uh, all the things that Tim Headington has done. Uh, they have this, man. Like, it's, and I think Thad Turnipseed was probably frustrated that he wasn't allowed to be a bigger part of that. Um, but, he was never going to be a bigger part of that. The, the common question that would be out there then is why did everybody make a big deal about him coming over when he was? Britt made a big deal out of everything sure. when he first mm-hmm. got here. He was trying to sell the program. I mean, realize it. This was a and program. And I think it also helps that he was at Alabama and Clemson where they've obviously right. had a ton of success. And so fans attached that success onto Thad Turnipsey, which I don't know how much was really his success. I mean, it's certainly not as much as Nick Saban uh, or what the coaching staff that Davo Sweeney put together did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brent was selling everything. He was overselling there. He was trying to get a bunch of people into the stadium. I mean, it was a fan base that was fractured because of what Lincoln Riley did to it. Even the donors, they were emboldened to, to turn, you know, do something to stick it back in Lincoln Riley's face, and they're still trying to do that. I, I want to ask this, too, and I wrote a little bit about this in the mailbag, but I think that there's a lot of people that say, well, Josie and Thad didn't get along that well. But my argument to that would be if Brent had said, hey, we have to have this guy on staff and was adamant about it, don't you think he would still be on staff? Like, I, I, I don't I'm not saying that Brent and Thad, you know, had some sort of conflict, but I think he'd still be on staff if Brent was like, we have to have this guy in the program. Don't you? Yeah, I, I keep I brought this point up a bunch of times. Like, guys, can we name a time when we know Joe Castiglione went in and fired a football staff member without like just he was like I'm doing this and I don't care what anybody else. Says. I can't think of that example. Like, I, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but if it is, it's a very short list. Like, I just struggle to believe this. I, people trying to make this into some big athletic department versus Thad Turnipseed power struggle. Like, stop. That That's just not reality. I, you probably missed my Kale Gundy thing. <laughs> Kale Gundy. Um, no, it doesn't usually happen. I, but if, it, if nothing else, though, it just does. It's not a good look from the outside no. looking in if you're just the average Oklahoma fan. When you just went six and seven and you're, and you're now building you're this firing new football facility the and you guy, feel like Thad right. was responsible mm-hmm. for helping to get that, that done. It was supposed to be the quote-unquote CFO of what that vision was going to be. I mean, you spent an hour with him, Bob. I did. And I was told I can't take pictures of anything that's in here. It's all top secret. And like, I was about all about alignment going from good to great, great to elite and the steps that they were going to have to take to, to try to get there. And, you know, he was in the Father's Day video. You know, they had that Father's Day video a couple of weeks ago. You had all of Thad's children. It's not like this had been in the works you know, for weeks and months and it finally happened. I mean, there had to be a straw somewhere that came around and broke camel's back, but it just, it just felt like very odd timing. 
Well, and it's, it's it's possible to. I mean, it's very possible that Thad just said, "Look, I can't do what I." Because he's in I a different place. His kids, yeah. his kids are in a different place too. He's got Come, six months left on his deal. Yeah. You know, when when he was going through the Clemson and Bama stuff, either they weren't born or they were really really young. I mean, if you look at his his social media, a lot of it was retweeting what his kids are doing as high school age athletes. So, I mean, yeah, not, the, I'm not saying that's a, all part of it, but sure. it's like I, I want to watch him grow, grow up too. At the end of the day, if you don't want to sign up for you know what is going to come with uh, the the building of the new facility and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and just shit on a guy for wanting to spend time with his kid that's going to be a senior in high school. Like it, it just it, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I think the main thing is like it obviously didn't work out the, the way either side wanted it to. But it won't it affect the it 2023 mean, team. No, they're still going to build the freaking building. They're yeah, still going to no, raise like the money for it. Changes. Like nothing will change. It, and it doesn't mean that they're not SEC ready. It doesn't mean that Joe C you know, got jealous and, you know, slapped him down and said, this is my, you know, I'm the guru, not you. Like, none of that happened. I don't even know how much interaction Josie and Thad really had together. I don't I don't think that they were meeting, like, on a weekly or monthly basis saying, this is, this is, our, this is what we need, at, you know, in the football program moving forward. Like, some of those discussions happened, certainly, but I don't think it was a constant, you know, stream of communication there yeah i, I don't carrie i i think i heard some similar stuff and i know you heard it first but there was absolutely some like these guys weren't like a scheduled weekly meeting or something yeah. like th this idea that it was just constantly they were you know around each other but the thing i come back to and i know you guys touched on it already a little bit earlier but it's just expectations because if you had told every ou fan when thad turnip seed was hired guys they are going to clear a near 200 200 million dollar facility he's going to set it up he's going to get it built and then he's going to go i think everybody would be fine with where it is right now like they've done everything mm -hmm. they set up it was just that the expectations got built to a degree and i, I want to say like i think you know, we can say, oh, the fans expected too much. We shoveled out some of the shit Brent was putting out there. Like, we, Bob did a huge story yeah, with that. That's not on Bob. I'm yeah. not, yeah, I'm not saying like it's just the fans or anything like that. Like, there was, and I think it was. But you know what? We told people mean, that Buki was having such a great spring, too. So, I mean. <laughs> uh, did, have we talked about that? I believe Kerry discovered where Buki is now. Yeah, he's, yeah. That that was. I think that's USC. been a thing though. Was he was out there during the spring. It was, just, no it was just shocking to yeah. see his photo. Like, no, he's been out okay. there because he I he had, was like hosting people on uh, visits and stuff. I mean, he mm. he's probably very good at that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Also, uh, what is it that he was with them during spring? Okay. Like during spring ball, he was out there. I know you mentioned earlier he was making three hundred fifty grand. Kerry, mm -hmm. can you tell me how much Clark Stroud was making? Uh, who was in his? I mean, it was kind of different roles, but pretty much one hundred fifty-five thousand okay. dollars. And everybody has their own opinion of Clark Stroud, I'm sure, out there. Uh, but he was getting paid quite a bit more, right? At least Turnip Seed was sure paid quite. Well, a bit I'm more. sure that that they had to present something that was worthwhile for him to leave Clemson initially. Well, I would yeah. say this: like, uh, if you're going to give Thad Turnip Seed credit, Josie is not the kind of guy that just says, "Oh yeah, we built this ginormous south, you know South End Zone facility." And we're just going to abandon it for a football ops center. Like someone had to convince Joe C 
that they needed to sure. do that. And mm-hmm. I would think that Tad, Thad Turnipseed deserves a tremendous amount of credit for that. I, and remember, I remember, Josh, it was $60 million that they spent on their facility at Clemson. This is triple that. Oh, yeah. It, it's massive. And I, I just, I was interested to see because we're, you know, you guys were mentioning the money to get Thad to leave Clemson. He was making 230 at Clemson. So, I mean, they had to make a sizable investment and I, you know, and I'm, I'm sure he was doing probably something similar to, you know, some of the guys you guys are referencing with Clark and then going back to, um, Oh, Matt, um, is it, is it McMillan? It was McMillan, right? Yeah. 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 Matty, Matty Mac, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like uh, you, you, you just, I think they, they probably overpaid and I think that created probably some false sense of what he was doing and what he brought to the table. But again, the ultimate thing he came in to do, he got done. So, okay. Like, I, it's just some of the talk that, like, this means that OU's not serious about football. I'm like, do you realize, like, the job he got done is to build one of the most expensive facilities in the country. That doesn't happen if you're not serious about football. That That's not – those two things cannot coexist. All right. Um – I think we should hit on some recruiting here about uh, 50 minutes into the show. By the way, uh, deadsoxy.com. Go check them out. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. It has been miserable in Oklahoma, but the no-shows certainly help you uh, make it through the days. Uh, They are an essential, and I've been washing those things as fast as I wear them uh, because uh, they are a must when it gets to 90, 100 degrees. Go check them out, deadsoxy.com. they got tons of different varieties to choose from. Really, in the end, it doesn't matter. It's just you know you have a great sock on uh, underneath those sneakers uh, and uh, because nobody sees them, but they're so comfortable. They've got the, uh, the little bead in the, the, the jelly bead or whatever that is in the back of it, uh, the silicone beads to uh, keep it up on your feet so it doesn't slip down into your shoe. And it also goes to the boardroom and, and, and their you know, college color, colorways as well. So uh, go check them out. Uh, if you don't have the Maker Bayfield uh, sock, I don't know what you're doing because those are still in stock. But use the promo code SCOOP. You get 25% off your entire order. That's promo code SCOOP for 25% off your order. No minimum uh, from deadsoxy.com. But uh, appreciate them. Appreciate their socks even more because those things are just fantastic. Deadsoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And as always, stay soxy. Okay, uh, recruiting trail... Obviously, we hit a nerve last week with the offensive line truth bomb that we threw out there, I guess you would call it. Um, now, I don't know if it was a truth bomb as much as it was just a, a check in reality of where things are. Is that a, is that a <laughs> is that truth bomb? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make people feel a little bit better about themselves. Well, I, I was, I was, I'm more doom, doom and gloom again this week, Josh, because I'm just, I'm just miffed at the lack of the commitment dates being announced for guys that we all feel confident for OU. Like you wrote in the hot board, any hour, any day, but it's like, when are some of these guys finally going to, you know, make that final push? He's out. And we've lost Josh. (laughs) He's out. I'm not talking about this. Damn it. I muted myself. I I wanted to say, I want people that sent me hate mail last week to understand. Bob has taken me down this negative path. <laughs> Yell at Brisbillo every once in a while. You'll feel better about it. No, uh, it, it is, Bob. Like, you know, I am 
I'm big on be patient, let it happen, like those sort of things. But we're now over two weeks out from the barbecue, over three weeks out from that first huge visit weekend on July 9th. At some point, things need to start happening. And I, I think everybody can look to Saturday. Uh, it looks good for Devon Mitchell. But I know people say, well, at least for right now, he's in the 2025 class. Like, I, I can't get excited about that. I, at some, I, I, again, like I, people want me to say something new, and I hate that I don't have anything new because there's enough, there's no new pitches. I mean, like the only contact that can happen is like DMs, and if the kids call the coaches, like this is a quiet. I mean, like, I was gonna say quiet, but that's not right. I mean, this is dead, and so there's very little that can be done, and we all just kind of have to sit and watch it play out, and. In those time frames, you're not going to have like these big swings. Like basically, everybody's just kind of sitting here, and then the word's going to start to leak out when a guy makes a decision, whether it's Williams Winery, whether it's David Stone, whether it's Taylor Tatum, Michael Boganowski. I mean, you go down the list, there's a whole bunch of guys in play, and I think Oklahoma's going to get a good share of the guys I put on that hot 11 yesterday. You know, it's on the front page of uh, the site. If anybody wants to go see it, it's still there. Just kind of rank the 11 guys I think are most likely um, to, to pull the trigger in the near future and, and kind of weigh that against where I think Oklahoma is for these guys. But, uh, again, with Taylor Tatum, like we talked about the same thing last week. There's nothing new. There's nothing he's going to see. There's no new pitch. It's just him sitting down and coming to a final decision and, you know, like, I, I think there are three elements in play. The family, which is always in play. That's just always going to be part of it. Baseball and football. I think Oklahoma has the clear edge in two of those three categories. Football, I, 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 don't, I don't think it's the presentation some USC people are putting <laughs> out there that, like, he has no interest in OU football, but he loves OU baseball. Like, I, I, it's not that. So, like, I, I don't know why why that agenda keeps being pushed or I do know why, but whatever. Um, I, I like where they are with Taylor Tatum. I still very much like where they are with David stone. I said it last week and I continue to feel this way. The longer this goes with Williams, Winery, the better it is for Oklahoma, the farther you get away from that Georgia visit and all that momentum and everything that got thrown at him, the better I think it is. Now I know again, there's a lot being stated, like, you know, the, the relationship he has with one of Georgia's coaching staff that, like I said, is a fellow Nigerian. There's a lot of correlation or a lot of connection there. I get it. At the same time, Oklahoma's the staff he has the longest and best relationship with. Like, that just, it can't be argued. It can't be refuted. It 100% is there. I, I, from everything I've gathered, and I've talked a little bit with some of you guys about this, it sounds like Oklahoma has put together as good an NIL package as he has in front of him. So like, this isn't going to be David Hicks where Oklahoma does everything right. And it doesn't matter because you know, A&M just drops the bag. Like that's not what I see happening here. Georgia just doesn't play like that. Cause Georgia doesn't have to, they, they can, they can recruit against anybody just cause they're, they're Georgia and are back-to-back -back national champions right now. So I, I think that's still in a good situation. I like where OU's with Michael Boganowski. Um, you know, I, I could sit here and go down the list, but I like where they are, but Bob's exactly right. At some point, the dominoes need to start falling. Yeah, I it, it's you know, especially I think we got a little bit of a nervous fan base right now. 
need some good news. They're getting commitments, but from the complimentary pieces. Right. Not the ones mm-hmm. that are going to... They're going to make you a top 10 board. They're going to resonate with national recruits or even a national commitment. It's just like, okay, why, you know, nothing against Wyatt Gilmore. He's a solid piece, but that's not going to get people fired up. You need those names that even the casual fan recognizes. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I know that everybody's getting used to kind of the new ranking scale, but you look at Oklahoma's class, and I know everybody's used to like the the rival scale, the 5'9", the 5'8". Well, really what you're looking for within the on-three stuff is you want players ranked above that 90-point threshold. That That's the, the four stars, the five stars. That's what you're looking for. And right now in this class, Oklahoma's got four of them, and Jeremiah Newcomb, Jaden Hardy, Zion Kearney, who's a 94 way kind of up the list, and then the most recent one is the Ivan Carrion kid from Odessa, the, the big wide receiver, who I, I've got a tape breakdown up on the front page. I like him a lot. Like, I think there's a – I compared him to Johnny Wilson, who we all saw, you know, kind of torch OU last year in, uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl. So they're putting together good pieces, but you're right. They're not the names that OU fans have been watching for two years and waiting to have a verdict from. But what is interesting is, like, you look at a guy like Taylor Tatum – Two months ago, we didn't think Oklahoma was that serious a contender. And now OU fans are like, what's Taylor Tatum waiting on? Like, it's just crazy how quickly that stuff shifts. But I do think Oklahoma is in a good situation. I don't, like, I know people, uh, one of the interesting ones, I I would be interested to hear what you guys thought about it. When some of the players, uh, Grayson Halton, uh, PJ Adebari, start tweeting at Williams and Airy. I got a lot of people that are like, oh, it's desperation time. I'm like, no, they're just firing every shot they've got. Like, if you because we know Williams and PJ have a relationship. Uh, we know that Williams spent time with Grayson Halton on his official visit, and Grayson's been very active with that freshman class, kind of getting to know those guys. Um, so I, I don't think that I, I don't know why people instantly read that has to be desperation. People forget that helped close Colton Vosick last year. Now. They didn't hold on to him. I, I get it. People just connect that as a negative, but it was part of him committing early. Like that was part of the lead up to that decision. So we we know Mitchell is announcing Saturday. It's still twenty twenty five, and you still feel pretty good. Yeah, I. For those that are listening, I will. You will have already probably read woke, but I am literally working on it as we speak i'm sure bob is going to have something basketball related where i can focus on woke and getting that up but uh but no it, it's going to have some notes on there and i i do i i really like where they're at i think miami and i said it last week you know we talked about uh john ruiz and miami kind of making a run here i think that settled down a little bit i think that's that's kind of something ou has weathered um I wonder if it was just kind of the newness of it, Miami kind of making that late run, and he had a visit and all those things. But I, I think it would surprise most everybody if it's not Oklahoma. Now, with, again, I feel I hate that I always have to say this. It's recruiting. I, I'm not counting anything until it's done, and especially in a situation like this where Devon Mitchell was at Allen and then he transferred randomly to Los Alamitos, and but he's still serious about Oklahoma. Like there's there's a lot of things in play here. Um, but I still think on Saturday when he makes a choice, I expect that to be Oklahoma. Let's go receiver. Yeah, add, add another. And yet, I think we both feel like they're in line, maybe get a fifth or sixth. How big could this group get for Emmett Jones? I, I think 
you have to keep a really close eye on Zion Raggins, uh, the wide receiver from Jones County in Georgia. Uh, for those that don't know, and they're going to look at his measurables and see, like, oh, he's 5'10", 150. Okay, yeah, the guy runs 10'3". Like, I, story over. Like, I mean, he is a field-stretching, just dynamic, dangerous wide receiver. And I, my impression is that Oklahoma still would take him and still wants him and they are trying to rebuild that receiver room. Like Emmett Jones didn't have any illusions. He knows, guys. That might. It's crazy that in a few years it's gone here, but that might be the weakest position on the roster right now. Like yep. they have to fix that. Mm-hmm. And I think they are doing all they can, and they know this is the kind of guy that can do it. And if it's six, the only way I see it being six is if it's Terry Bussey. And I again gonna have something on woke and hint on him. Uh, for those that haven't read it, go read it now. But I, Oklahoma is not going away in that fight. That is, that's become a lot more interesting than I ever would have expected it to be maybe a month ago. That They are hanging around and fighting the fight. I don't know if it's going to be enough to beat Texas A&M. Um, there is some, um, let's call it a, we'll, we'll come up with a term here on the unofficial 40, a Hicksian element here that, ha- that cannot be overlooked. Um, but... I, I know he likes Emmett Jones in Oklahoma a lot. Like there, there's, if if there's feels like if there's anybody that might could surprise people with him, I think it might be Oklahoma. Feels like the fan base has been scarred by David Hicks for the entire last year. Like even these commit, like these guys we're talking about, like even David Stone, everybody's like, oh well, he's just gonna Hicks. Us. Go oh, I think else. there's yeah. a lot of that out there. Like I think that they've just been scarred for life and with that. Rightfully oh. so. It, I, I remember that day when that decision went down, getting messages from, I mean, I'm sure you guys are the same. Like there are certain fans that just message me on Twitter, like, mm-hmm. and just, and some of them I converse with, some of them I don't, but like, they're like, Stone's going to do this to us next year, isn't he? I'm like, good Lord, it's a year away. Like, <laughs> like there's, <laughs> there's no comp here, but I'm, I'm, can I, I say this, Josh? That's as shocked as I've been can yeah, I say this, it, Josh? at an announcement. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's just the fans. I think the coaches are a little worried. Like it's us, right? Like, please. I, that's <laughs> please? A, I always kind of get that impression. Like we're still good. Right? I mean, they're human too. Like they, they, I mean, because, again, with Hicks, we all know it. Oklahoma did everything right. They did everything you could have done to land that player. And they did it basically one and a half, two times. Because they even, during the season, it was like, oh, they're kind of coming back in this thing. And then, you know, it, it it just ended up being more impressive down the line. So, I mean, you know, there, there was nothing you could do to win that fight. Like, they, they were playing with a hand tied behind their back. Or... Not even that. I mean, not like Oklahoma was. Again, I don't want to feed that narrative that Oklahoma's NIL is weak or anything. But there's, you know, like A and M made David Hicks a huge priority. He's a local kid from KDISD, where Oklahoma, or excuse me, where A and M is really dominated in recruiting. They want to keep that pipeline going. They want to keep Katie just funneling guys to A and M. And if you've got to do that by whatever means necessary, then whatever means necessary, and it's legal. Like I'm not bagging on A&M like that that's that's the game they played it that's fine all right um yeah I mean I one thing that's kind of interesting you know you're talking about NIL deals and stuff like that like there's so much stuff floating around on that and I've always said this I don't I don't think NIL is always a mainstream 
talk, you know, it's, it's not a mainstream discussion point. But I, I would say this right now, like, OU's really in flux about, I think, what the future holds, even though the law's been passed, now the IRS and, and all that, uh, the NCAA's trying to get a hold of it. It seems, it's funny because, like, Texas A&M is, like, you know, kind of daring them while Texas is, like, Chris Del Conte sent out that letter saying, hey, check with your accountant before you make a donation to see if, you know, what he says about the write-off status. Um, but I think, you know, Oklahoma's probably taken it a little bit more seriously. Like, let's take a wait-and-see approach. And I know they had, they had, they had some announcement that, you know, they were going to make recently, and then they pushed back on that. And I know fans were upset, like they thought that, there was this rumor that there's going to be this big announcement and then it never happened. But I think that's all because of, you know, waiting to find out how this all shakes out. Thought, and, thought I would just say something about that since you brought up it. Yeah. I mean, and guys, I think that's why Oklahoma has been such a consistent program because that's how they've operated under Joe forever. Like they just, while you've seen these wild fluctuations in other places because they jump on everything and move in these directions, Oklahoma just kind of like, well, let, let's just wait until the end and see what, what, what comes out. And for now, like you said, they're still putting together deals for people. Uh, you know, the collectives are still there. They're, they haven't folded. Uh, you, I mean, they both still represent plenty of players. But I just I just think that this we're going to see a lot of changes over the next year about how all this operates and who operates what and who works with who and and all of that stuff, and it's it's really in flux right now. And before people start, you know, yelling at the top of their lungs that OU's not doing anything in that realm right now, uh, they did just finish top five with a top five class coming off of a six and seven season. You don't do that without playing at least a little bit of the game. And on it's because those kids love OU, Eddie. Right. But, just because those kids love OU. Right. And whenever you hear on three talk nationally about the collectives. Speak highly of OU. They're in like the top ten, the top twenty. Is like they are competitive. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. I mean, just look at like Shannon Terry's Twitter right now. Like just the the kind of not fighting, but just the disagreements that people are having about where NIL is. You know how much money is involved. Who's really making this? Who's making that? It's 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 got to have more transparency, I think, for it to move forward a little bit. I mean. Right now, it just seems like it, people refer to it as a Wild West, but it lends itself to being tagged that because you just don't hear about any Like, these people have NIL deals. It's name, image, likeness. It's using their name, their image, and their likeness to promote businesses. I don't see any businesses really getting promoted except for deals that are getting done by the biggest athletes. Sure. I mean, at least the, two years ago, the, the Schwab dog, Caleb Williams stuff all over the place. Right. And then they went to yeah. like Jalen Redman and stuff. Like right. You don't see that stuff anymore. You do, but it's in small doses. Yeah. There's, I mean, I, I think that's probably the best way to say it. And I don't know, like, you know, outside of the Livy Duns of the world that are actually like fronts for Viore and right, yeah. everything like that. Well, front's the right word, but ambassadors. Maybe. Ambassador. I mean, she's the she's kind of the face of it right now. Is she yeah, not? Yeah. Like, is that not? But I'd like to say the front. But it it is like for them, it's incredible. I mean, what was the report out there this uh, over the weekend? She's making like she had made five hundred thousand dollars for yeah. one post. Yeah, one post. It's insane. I mean, the amounts of money that. Uh, and Angel you know, Reese, was, too. I was going to say, the, the girl from LSU, the basketball player, she's made a ton of money. 
and they're people I would imagine that, Jordy Ball made a ton of money. Well, and it's it's people that are represented by people who know what they're doing. Sure, like marketing. Bingo. But people. those are yep. Some of that's the what biggest name, image, likeness out there. was supposed to be, though. And the people that are you know build up their brand and make a name for themselves. And I mean, I, I love what Michael Turk did with his his Twitter or his YouTube account. I mean, that was fantastic. Did you guys see this? Literally, was just tweeted by on three that Quinn Ewers is having an, an evening with Quinn Ewers, like a meet and greet event. Mm-hmm. VIP tickets cost $2,312. He'll sell, he'll sell a ton of those. That's very dangerous, man. I mean, for him, I don't know. If I was his advisor, I'd be like, let's not. You know, you need to be a better quarterback before we start. Like, that's getting him in Spencer Rattler territory right. mm-hmm. with the fan base. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of pressure that already comes. He he would probably say there's a lot of pressure that comes with what he's doing anyway. But he's been doing this stuff. He's got good people. He's been, sure. He had the kim, kombucha deal I mean, coming out of That's why he went school. to Ohio State. Yeah. That's why he left school he had to a get year out of NIL early, or, or a, a semester Texas early. Texas wouldn't or let him make early. NIL money, yeah. I don't think there's anybody in the world I'd pay $2,000 to meet. No, no. Maybe yeah, Ariana Grande. There's a bunch of... Uh, <laughs> way go. to bring it back. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a, bunch a of, there's a bunch of Texas fans that will be paying that, though, I would imagine. Just like there'd be a bunch of people that would pay that amount to uh, go meet Jackson Arnold. I think that there would be. Yeah. Ian Boyd, he'd probably pay $2,000. For Jackson Arnold? Or <laughs> meet Jackson Arnold? Years, probably I'm confused. Probably Critique both. Jackson's both. game yeah, about why yeah. he's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? Hey, God bless him. There's try- He's trying something out in the open. Like, yeah. Yeah. At least somebody's doing something like that out in the open. Proceeds will benefit him. merging vets and players. So I don't know how much money he actually takes away from that. Yeah. But it's cool. It's a cool well, let's idea. face it. What? Like with the stuff we did with Baker, he's he's supporting a charity. He's not making yeah. money Meals on, on that stuff. Yeah. yeah. No doubt. Because a lot of that stuff is not about putting money in your pocket. Yeah. And it shouldn't be. I, I, I'm more interested. I'm selfishly involved here. What what are people willing to pay us to come speak? I mean, like I what are we thinking? Like twenty three dollars? Like I haven't yet like, charged. If we get twenty three dollars. That'd be a, a major. Yes. Win. I would say <laughs> this, Josh. I have not charged anyone to come to the office to check it out, but I can't speak for Eddie. He might be doing a side <laughs> hustle on his own. I don't know. No, I mean Eddie has to like go into the podcast room and he puts the cans on just so like they can take a picture or like pretend they caught him recording. I wish that'd be fun and be better for me probably. I think would be so close to jumping off the ledge. Eddie is. Uh, he knows. I mean, we all, we talk about it all the time. But like, I'm afraid that Eddie is he's rolling with ro- he's rolling with high rollers that I think most people could only dream of running with. His his crowd is just getting ridiculous. I think. What, was he invited to the white party, Eddie? Can you confirm or deny that? <laughs> no, I was not invited to. Uh, I, well, I wasn't invited to uh, what's his name's white party. What okay? Who, what what is it? The uh, Michael Rizza? Rubin. Michael Rubin. Yeah, uh, I wasn't Rubin. invited Sterling to Michael Shepherd Rubin's was there. July Fourth party. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was Shepherd. invited to a white party over the weekend. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's about time to end the pot, I believe. <laughs> there's there's a reason I want to go to Mexico. You know. <laughs> I mean, I really think that you're just you're pretty close to just having all access to a private jet at some point. I think I'm already there. It's just about having worthwhile means to uh, to use. Right? That access exactly. You can't waste that. The uh, well, the plane doesn't fill itself up. If I if I could pay, afford oh, you gotta the pay gas, for the fuel. Yeah, I think that it's that's expensive. that's probably the biggest thing. It's a it's in five figures to 
get gas up a private jet. Yeah, it, sure. we're not looking to do that anytime soon. All right, I've anything only done that once? Crazy. Anything else uh, anybody wanted to hit on before we get out of here? George looks like he uh, has an answer. Um, just quickly, did you guys see the four players that they're sending to Big Twelve Media Day? Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually going to bring that up, and I was looking at everybody's players. It is surprising how many quarterbacks are making the trip for you know overall for all the teams. Well, I guess that's just because they typically become. Well, you hope your quarterback is, is the, yeah the face, the leader. You the, know. Only, the only one surprising for Oklahoma is maybe uh, Jonah Loalu. Oh, I think yeah. it says something. Yeah. I mean, it obviously says something. They have some trust there. They they believe that. I'll be interested to see how big he is. I mean, I haven't seen him up close since yeah. spring because he's trying to get to two ninety. Yeah, I, I mean, think I, he was two fifty in spring. Yeah, I think he it wasn't was. Even close. Uh, wasn't it Bates? that we talked to, I mean, this was back in April now or March that was talking about how great he's looked. Talking him up, yeah, big time. So, um, and obviously he's made the move inside, so you wonder if he can be a guy that starts and really contributes. The other the other three were Dylan Gabriel, Stutzman. Drake Stoops, and Danny Stutzman, yeah. So, mm. which none of those surprised me. Stutzman will get the, the ringer. He'll go through the ringer again about being serious about football. Who was oh it last God. year for them that went? Mims... Downs, Gr- who else? Eric Gray, yeah, was Gray not down there? No, I, I thought Gray he was. was. Gabriel Mims. Oh yeah, because there was only two. Yeah, I remember Gabriel. Deshaun, Deshaun White. Deshaun White. Oh, no, it was Woody Washington. It Woody. What? It was Woody. Was it Woody? I, I, looked I, looked I, looked I really up, don't remember. I looked it up like two months ago. It was a weird group. It and like Ethan Downs is a sophomore. Okay. Hey, c- congrats to Ethan Downs on his yes, uh, indeed. His yeah, big the yeah, that's great. And I saw that uh, Walter Rouse got engaged over yeah, the uh, Fourth of July weekend on the beach. These boys' heads are in the wrong places. Lake, was that Lake Thunderbird? I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> he better been out there working. No, it it is cool. Good for them. And uh, Ethan didn't have to pay for the flowers, which is nice. Well, nice for her. As Bob can attest, that's a painful. Yeah, that is. (laughs) There ain't nothing that comes cheap in that time. All right. Uh, Appreciate it, guys. And uh, we will be back again. Uh, Let's see. We'll figure it out with the Big 12 schedule. Bob's like, oh, we're going to fly. Yes, I am. (laughs) We'll figure it out uh, one way or the other. And uh, if we have to, we'll just do a pod from down there. So, um, well, yeah, maybe. We'll figure it out. Anyway. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week at some point, uh, right in the middle of Big 12 Media Days, for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.